Welcome back to the next episode. And today I'm going to be talking about how my family left the island of Cuba and ended up in Des Moines, Iowa, out of all places, where it was cold, desolate, just a whole lot of crops and hills as far as the eye can see. It's it's wild, it's crazy, because when I was talking to my two tias and my father about this this experience in their life, it's absolutely it's absolutely mind blowing just how they were together that time period in their lives of how they can all have the same same time, same experience, but just the different viewpoints and looks back at that at that time with disgust and another who has fond memories, has has people that they still talk to in their lives to this day. You know, they, they, there was one thing, though, that I really loved, and I think that, that I really loved in Iowa, and that was the milk. And they had the most <laughs> delicious milk in the place. <laughs> Dubuque wasn't flat. Dubuque had little hills that um, made it very a very charming place. And the thing about Dubuque, too, is that Dubuque was like a college town. It had right. like I don't know, like three or four colleges and university and one university, and so you know it was it was it was a it was a nice place because of that. Right. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't so bad, but it was very different weather-wise, and of course the culture was completely different, and the food was different and weren't able to take anything with you. Right. Anything of value. These people were going to take, and they were just looking for any excuse to keep you there. And they were trying they, they were trying to get us to say things because they, they started saying, like, oh, you're going to Jamaica, so who do you have there? You, you know, and they, they're very racist, so they were saying things about the black people. Of course, right. at that time, you know, los negritos, eh, you know, King King can steal it, you know, like try, and um, especially your father, that it was a little, but we wouldn't, you know, we're holding our hands like we can't speak because if we said something like we're not going to Jamaica, you know, we don't have anybody there, right? We don't know anybody there, but we couldn't speak, so but so they they tried to you know intimidate you like excitement of being on a plane and everything um we go to the airport and they put us in this we had this uh and we're in this room and I, and the one thing that i always remembered was that i couldn't understand why Layla was crying i couldn't understand that and obviously later on is because she didn't think we would see us again. They took us to the airport, and they were um, on the other side, like, you know, of, they called it like uh like, it, it was like a mirror type of thing where people from the other side were looking. They weren't with us. They couldn't be with us. Right. So we were already by ourselves and just waiting and, you know, until we would get on the plane. The, the trip is very short. You know, it was a very short trip. Yeah. So yeah. um 
so you know so then when we got there you know we were greeted by these people and we didn't know who they were and uh we i mean already somebody was there who it was i don't know who it was but it was somebody that had a authority over us and then you know it was divided into girls and boys and uh and um and then a week later we were still there and uh that was the bay of pigs so and it wasn't a success so it was a little bit you know we we really didn't know so, what was going on in cuba so what but what, we did what? yeah well now i'm saying like what what do you what did you do like all day with like education or just like, well you know? actually actually no we weren't even educated at the time we were just hanging around just hanging around just yeah just hanging around you know and eating and just hanging around walking around and sometimes we would uh you know we would try to explore and we would leave the place that we weren't supposed to but we did <laughs> And right. you know, just to explore, but there really wasn't much around. How the kindness of people, of humanity, of of bringing foreigners into the country, and then others, obviously not so kind. But before we get into Iowa, before we, we get onto that experience, um, I talked to my I talked to my the two tias and my father about the the plane, the plane ride to to America. And this wasn't out of the movies. It wasn't a dash and daring people running across the border, right? They they had to run to the airport, catch the plane, get off. And how it actually happened was the Peter Pan project, the Catholic Church, they had nuns and priests. They had people working in on the Cuban side with the American side. And so what they actually did was they brought over uh, hundreds of kids, hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, to the U.S. under the guise of that they were taking a vacation to Jamaica. And so on the plane trip, on the plane ride, every uh, you know, some of the people, well, all the Cubans, they thought they were just going over you know, Jamaica and coming back. And before we actually get into the the detail the of of flying over because they they went directly from Havana into Miami. But I asked my I asked my family like what what do you remember of that day? And my father described just pure just confusion. He, they didn't tell him he was. He's the youngest, and they didn't tell him because he had a very big mouth, and he would run his mouth, and he could not be trusted during those times. And he was looking over, and he was looking over at his mother, uh, Layla, just crying, bawling, and my father is totally confused, just wondering, we're just going to Jamaica and coming back. There's, there's really no need. There's really no need for. Or his mother to be acting that way, while asking the other two tias about the experience, they didn't really have any memory of the plane ride itself because it's it's a very short plane ride from Havana to Miami. It was just 
it was just a hop skip jump away and so those i mean the actual ride uh, how long is it 45 minutes and so it's it's wild of just how the most important day of their lives as kids you didn't even you know you don't even know you didn't even know that was the last time you're going to see everything your whole world you know you know my father was excited he's getting on a plane you know you saw it. and but little did he know i mean that's crazy little did he know that he still hasn't been back to cuba and it's just it's just crazy to think that that big of a day and you know that time period it was just it was just a, a passing thought during, during that time because they they thought they were coming back they thought the the bay of pigs which was a week later of when they left and they thought that they would go over to miami come back you know the americans cubans they would you know they would topple castro and yada yada live the way they were living back in cuba obviously that's not how things go the regime took over and to this day it was a whole flop with the bay of pigs it, that was one of america's uh unshining moments but that's neither here nor there but so from havana to miami and they were kept in a holding center and it was right outside of Miami. It was in Kendall. And I asked him about the experience there, about how long were you there? Like what what did you do every day? Where you know why did you think you know, why did you think Americans were helping you? I mean these are I mean these are qu these are questions that kids are not even thinking. So it's it's really interesting because I asked them about you know, what did you do? You know, my father said about we were hanging out. Tia Miriam said also hanging out. And then I asked Tia Tessie. She said, oh, I remember taking classes. And and my father, my father didn't speak any English. And so he, he was just you know, confused what was going on. You can only talk to the other Cuban kids. But, and I was wondering, I was like, what? How was the communication like with your parents, with Alela and Alela? What was going on? You know, it must have been homesick with everything, and you know what was going on. And they're like, no, not you know, just you know, like we knew kids were going to be displaced, and we knew kids were going to Denver, to Washington, you know, they were going to New Mexico, and they're just all they they just started becoming friends with these other Cubans at the holding center. And, I mean, this is massive. This is huge. I mean, I the, the, the American government is bringing over Cuban children. And I, I ask him, like, what like what did you do for money? What did you do? Who's paying for all this? How did you get from here to there? And, and yeah, those are, that's the luxury of being a kid. You don't you don't really think of these things and i thought it was wild because of the united states h helping out the cuban kids 
and I don't even know if I don't even know if they knew the significance of that of that situation. I mean, the, the other Cuban children, but but I, I was really because it, this is 1962, and communication between you know Cuba and America was still it was possible to to make a phone call, but not every you know, every hour, every day. And so, and you could still could write letters going back and forth, and, but, so, they knew they were going to be displaced somewhere. They had a designated placement, and just boom, one day they just tell, okay, my. My grandfather told my grandfather Alelo and Alela, they told Tia Miriam there are some people at the beginning where there was a few nuns they recognized or Tia Miriam recognized a few nuns. And my father at that age you, you look for a mother figure, a father figure and language isn't important. Just as just comfort. Two girls and a boy. They had yeah. to send us to a place where they, they would take the three of us. Right. So some of the people that we met there, like we, you know, they were like we, like my sister became friendly with this girl that went out to Oregon and her sister. And she was, you know, writing back saying, oh, this place is so nice and everything. And we knew we were going somewhere. So we said, oh, we want to go there. But we couldn't do it because they would only take girls. Right. And then some people went off to New York and they would write, oh, it's terrible. We didn't want to go to New York. And then we had met these other two girls. They went off to, uh, oh, I had a friend that went out to Tennessee. I had another friend that went out to uh, to uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque. And I wanted to go to all these places. And we had this big, big map in, the, in that clubhouse that we would say, oh, this is not that far from where we are. You know, we, we had no clue. Really, oh, I had no clue of the size of the United States. Because right. even when, when, oh, I had a friend, another friend that went to Denver, Colorado, and I wanted to go because she wrote me back and said, oh, this place, blah, 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 blah. But it was only girls. So we, so then we, I know my, my sister started trying to say, well, maybe we can leave my brother somewhere. You know, if, but my mother had to give the permission. And then that was hard to get because you had to go to, you know, to Cuba and that took a long time and all that stuff. So that never happened anyway. Well, so we uh, ended up in Iowa, Dubuque, Iowa. And when, and when we saw Dubuque, you know, we're looking at the map and we say, oh, gee, that's not that far from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I mean, we're not that far. We can we can see each other. They pick us up and then they picked us up. And they brought us to Dubuque, and uh, in Dubuque, uh, in Dubuque, in Dubuque, we went to this. Uh, it, it was a yeah, a home, a Catholic uh, charity home um, for troubled kids or kids that um, some of them might have gotten into a little bit of trouble. 
kids that parents maybe didn't want them at home. They was that type of a place. Okay. So again, this is something that is being um, funded by the by the Catholic Church. Um, so you know, so there were nuns there, and the director was this priest, and uh, you know, and then all the staff, and uh, you know, they had the big kitchens, you know, of an of an institution, and yeah. um, and they gave us. You know, we went to these dorms, you know, one side was the girls and the other side was the boys. Now, the thing is that my brother didn't know any English and he was only eight years old. So uh, for him, it was very, it was stressful because he would sit on the, on the steps to wait for us or for right. me, you know, in order to see us and to be with us. But yet he really couldn't be with us because the boys and the girls were separated in that institution. There was, uh, I don't know, well, and, and this was like a Catholic orphanage, okay? Right. So there was so there was nuns there. Yeah. And there was this one nun to be, and I don't even know what her name was. I forgot what her but I couldn't sleep. So I always used to take my blanket, and I would go and sit next to her, and I always slept there. And I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm sure she talked to me and everything else, but I didn't understand what she said. <laughs> right. But you know, um, so being being there, and uh, that 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 took a while. I mean, that was that was you know. And until I, I started learning, you know, some English, went to school, the whole nine yards, and then of course I got taken in by this by this uh, family. Well, how much time between you getting to Iowa and then that family, then staying with the Tias, and then going uh, with the family? I don't know. I think about maybe four months. You have to stay together. No matter what, don't split up the family. You guys, that's number one. No, no, no matter what happens, you got to stay together. And so, but they knew they were going somewhere. Because after the Bay of Pigs, not too many at all came over. They said, you're going to Iowa. And they had no idea well, where Iowa was, you know, how cold it was. It was the first time my father had seen snow. It was the first time he's he's been that cold before. And their memory gets a little bit more vivid this time because reality starts to set in that they they begin they begin their way to Iowa. This was all set up by the Catholic Church and they were brought over. They were they were placed in an orphanage, and they were very... Con My father was very confused because Tia Miriam, the oldest, she could speak English you know, fluently, and Tia Tessie was on her way there. And But my father, he... Just like any other kid, takes a few months, but from the get-go, he he did not understand. And the, the interesting part of this is that I did not know. I, mean, I knew they were in Iowa, but I was shocked that they were there for... Two years. I mean, two years is a long time as a kid. And so my father, 
he got displaced in in not far away um but he got displaced with a a farm family as he would call it and he suggested that these were the worst two years of his life he hated it and we have a little cuban boy coming in he used to get i mean he used to get yelled at beat um just for speaking spanish and looking back as an adult yeah my father's he's just that family just wanted money you know they they wanted to call he would have conversations with the mother and then the mother would tell my, my, my the mother would tell my father how about you call how about you call the you know the father dan and my father would get all upset as any boy would he, he's not my father and so I used to beat him and used to torture him and uh, good lord and again of course i'm you know i i i <laughs> yeah, I've, i i'm at fault as well because when i think of iowa and i think of hispanics speaking only spanish and on the farm yeah, i'm at fault i i don't i don't think of the most open open-minded 19 early 1960 family going on at the time but we all have those prejudices um but on the uh, on the other side tia tessie she she got placed with a with a irish catholic family and she said it was the best time it was the she could not they could not pick a nicer family and she was telling me how the mother and the brothers they would you know talk family dinners so supportive right you know different culture stimulating nurturing right? just night and day with the experience of with what my father had and Tia Tessie still has this is I didn't know Tia Tessie still had contact with them she still has contact with them today and the mother is still alive they treated me like you know I was the king the sw- the, the princess because mm-hmm. the mother would always tell them now don't do it you know and we would be having all kinds of fights and things that you have you know how kids you know like yeah um, yeah things that you do at home which I never had because we would never do that, you know, in our little in Cuba, anyway. <coughs> so I had a, I had a, I had a nice experience with them. I did a lot of things, you know. They taught me a lot of things, you know. We went ice skating, we went tobogganing, we we did things in the snow. I mean, things that I had never done in my life. So they were my family. They, you know, and they were good to me. They made sure they wanted me to, to ask my sister and brother to come on Sundays for like to spend the day, have Sunday dinner and all that. And they would come. You know, and and you know, and they and obviously I would end up going to school and this and that. But it's kind of a cultural shock because. Uh, you know, you're, you're getting things like you're getting things to eat or whatever that you never even seen before. 
you know, like uh, peanut butter and jelly. Right. I've never even seen peanut butter in my life. You know? Um, actually the 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 family lived on a farm and you could you could you could see cornfields from from here to forever. Wow. You know, it was all uh they had uh you know, the guy was a, a veteran the whole bit and uh he was you know, looking back on it, I don't think he was all there. Yeah. Um, well, why do you think they took you in? The money. The money? Sure. They they would get they would get money from the government to take care of me. You know, it's it's less it's less of a burden on the orphanage and on the uh, uh, on the government itself. In other words, they would give them the money to take care of me. Now, how come but the tea didn't be... go? Huh? How come the tears didn't go? Oh, they only want Well, by that, by that time, Tia Mary was a little bit older, and she was going into high school. Yeah. So that was one thing. Tia Tessie did get... She ended up in the house with seven guys, with, you know, the nice Irish family. With seven kids, they were very nice. They were they were really really nice. And I used to I used to go over there sometimes to visit. And I said, "How come I I can't find a place like this?" And Tia Miriam, since she was she was a little bit older, she was always in mid teens, um, late in high school, she stayed at the orphanage because she could. How she puts it, she. Um, she was already old enough. And how did you communicate with Alelo and Alela? Like, did they know what was going on? You know, um, what was their viewpoint? And then this is this is how the the, di- the dynamics of of T. Marion being older, the leader, and she would talk with Alelo and Alela. How she puts it, mostly Alayla, her her mother. And, uh, sometimes it would be a telephone call, although not that often. You know, not every week. Not not, you know, maybe once once every ten days or something. We, we would get a phone call, or I would get a phone call, and then, yeah. you know, we would be getting letters. Um, letters was the the easiest way to communicate, I guess. Right. And just just talking in general, just, or no, we would tell them, and we would be complaining. Of course, <laughs> we would be complaining of our situation because uh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy by any means. And you know, when when Tessie left, and and my brother wasn't there either. No matter what, I was I was very uh, I was very sad. I was very uh, I was very depressed about the whole thing. You know. As I say, there's still belief of 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 going back to Cuba at this point. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, when when are we going to go back? When are we going to see? When are we going to see them? You know, I mean, when are we going to see our family? How can 
you know, I mean, we were displaced. We did not belong there, you know. Yeah, we'll we'll get to what was happening in Cuba and and with a little in another episode, but so that that was going on, and so they started assimilating, except for my father. So this is this is the saddest story. I mean, it's it was it was unbelievable. So my my father, he was getting yelled at all the time. He was told not this. You know, not to trade food. He he's never seen a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before in his life, and he used to beat him for speaking Spanish. And so, as a kid, right, using English, he he started speaking English obviously fluently at that age. I think he was around eight or nine years old, and so he was at that house for ten months, and I was I was shocked. I go ten months. I mean, one day it got it got so bad that um, he called he called Tia Miriam and Tia Tessie. He said, "I'm I'm wa- all right. I I can't I can't do it anymore. I can't stand this family. I'm walking down the road. You know, come and get me. This is it. This is final." Yeah, but I used to, you know I used to get beat up and all that. That you know, and a uh, little never laid a hand on us. Right. So it was, it was, you know, all this stuff and everything. Well, it got, it got to, it got to the, it got to the point one day, where I called up and I said, "This is it." I says, "Go tell Vella, I'm, I'm out of here." And well, no, I told him, you know, to come get me. And I, and I told Tia Ma'am, I says, "And come get me now." Well, I'll be walking on Route 20, going back. And they, honestly, again, they, the next thing I know, they were there. They came get me, and I was out of there. In fifth grade, the guy would beat you up, and so... Yeah, when I say beat me up, you know, like, you know, he would... Uh, for, for, for acting up and stuff, I get hit. And he would he would get all pissed off because I wouldn't cry. Yeah, so then I used to have scratches, you know, stuff behind my ear and all that. And well, it's 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 like you know when kids act up to me when kid, you know you do things doing things normal, but for, for what they think is what's normal to you is not normal to them. Right. You and know so- because it's a different culture. Right, and you're still learning English. Like you, your English is getting pretty good at this point. I mean. Well, because now you're in a you're you're put into a position where you know the Spanish is not going to get you by. You got to learn English, and now I'm going to school, so they're teaching me English. Right. So you're just hearing it all day, English. Right. You're just hearing English all day. Right. So yeah, you get a little good. You're so you pick good. it up. He had three kids. One was older than me, one was younger than me, and the the third one was like like a baby, you know, like really young, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I mean, it was it was it's just ridiculous things. Like the the mother would, I would go talk to the mother, and the mother goes, "Well, you know, says you could be a little nicer to him. Why don't you call him dad and this and that?" And that's when I would say, "Well, he's not my father." 
Right. And then they didn't like that. You know, they would always say, well, you're not going to go, you're not going back, blah, 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 you're here now, uh, you know, to, to become an American and everything else and all those, all those dramatic things. Try to incorporate somebody into your family. Um, you don't do that by denying, by denying your past. It's probably it's it. These are things that shape you, and you know you wonder why your 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 family's still in Cuba and why you're in America. It's confusing. You don't know the politics behind it. You know why? Why can't I use the language I always been using? And and he contrib he contributes that he he said he was losing his Spanish. He because as a kid, if you stop as a kid, if you stop using the language, you you start you start losing it. And um, yeah, he was he was um, he was losing the language a little bit. He was losing his identity. He was losing the 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 culture. And so, and I, I you know, I would ask him how how was the relationship between him and the tears. And he would say you would see him once a week or once every other week. And I'm like, good good lord! I'm like, that's you know, what was the plan like what now looking back as an adult what do you think the plan was and they had a few ideas because it, it's just opinion it's just you know it's, it's completely subjective and the the idea of what was going to happen was just all right let's let's bring these kids to Iowa or Denver and you know Washington or DC or or wherever, wherever they the Catholic Church can can get funding, and that's it. Like there there was no plan. There was no, you know, that's it. Just sending these kids. I mean, they I mean they had great intentions, but you know they, you know they were um, they needed support. You know, there's just a generation of Cuban kids just coming over and you know with, with familyless and parentless and just culture and just that's it like there there was no plan there was no you know that's it just sending these kids i mean they i mean they had great intentions but you know they you know they were um they needed support you know there's just a generation of cuban kids just coming over and you know i it it from the sounds of it from the sound of it the from the tears and my father and just they were just helping the children. There was no agenda, there was no political side, there was no nothing like that. And so it was just the people wanting to treat people the way they should be treated. And I was that was refreshing to hear and that was that was astounding because it was just okay, you're in you know, you're in Miami, you're at the Kendall Center. Okay, we're every day, every day we're gonna feed you, clothe you, right? We're gonna house you. All right, two three months. All right, plane ticket. You're taking over to Iowa. You know, we're gonna feed you again. We're gonna room and board, and you're gonna be able to to thrive and flourish. We're gonna put you in school. 
an education, and you're going to be able to to reassemble your life again, basically. The next episode, we're going to talk about uh, Lalo and Alayla in Cuba during these two years. Thanks for listening, I, and I really hope that you're enjoying these stories because I, I'm enjoying these stories of of getting the detail, getting the family history, and just knowing knowing my family a little bit better and the you know the the struggles and the and the reality of of what they had to endure and how much of a crazy time it was. So thank you for listening.